Hello there, and welcome to Gooner U, where there are no degrees because the learning never stops. I'm Dove, a TA here at Gooner U, and my friend Keith is our stalwart distinguished professor of Arsenal and Football Studies. This week featured the first leg for the round of 16 away at Estadio do Dragao versus FC Porto, and our 26th Premier League match at home versus Newcastle. Hello, Keith. Hello, Dove. Um... I realize we spent all that time in Spanish class together, but I, I want to congratulate you on the Portuguese <laughs> pronunciation there. It's close enough. I mean, actually, at, at one of my earlier jobs, there was a, a woman who spoke Portuguese, and I, I conversed with her in Spanish, like, enough. Like, I spoke enough Spanish that she was able to speak back to me in Portuguese, and we still understood each other somewhat okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are relatively similar, but they are different. Uh, oh, yeah, as I'm sure that as I'm sure they are, the speakers of both will insist upon. Yep. <laughs> so uh, starting off with a little bit of follow up. Um, one thing was funny. I was building up to talking about from the demo I did in the Apple Store of the Apple Vision Pro, and then didn't circle back. I got distracted and talked about something else. Um, but what was interesting is I was talking about when I demo it for people using my own unit at home, as soon as you go to watch anything, including the immersive content, this, the content goes black for the viewer inside the headset and, and an observer like watching it with screen mirroring outside the headset, which is really frustrating. I really wish that it would at least show the content inside the headset for the person who's watching, right? And I had talked about that and forgot the reason I was bringing it up, which is really cool, is in the Apple store, they have like basically, I, I almost want to call it pirated versions of their own content where it shows up as like a file that you uploaded into your own library kind of on the Apple Vision Pro. So it's the same stuff that is available, you know, regular like through Apple TV or whatever, but it's their own version that has the digital rights management, the DRM like circumvented. So it actually, they can see what you're seeing still and you can actually watch it. <laughs> so that was, that was a kind of funny aspect. So. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get, why, 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 why not complicate things? You know? Well, yeah, but you know, it's, it's their content. So if they want to break the DRM on it, I'm sure there's a carve out in their contract. So, <laughs> um, moving on to a little bit of news, uh, and still on the theme of uh, Apple Vision Pro, there was a, a report that the Apple TV Plus is going to be releasing um, an immersive video that is kind of a highlight reel of the MLS Cup 2023. So mm-hmm. apparently, from what I'm hearing people talking about, have you ever heard of NFL Films? Oh, yes. So it's, I hadn't, right? This is new to me. That's why I'm asking, right? But, and for anyone else who may not have heard of it, my understanding of it was that back, you know, years ago before HD, when watching football at home looked pretty lousy, uh, when TV cameras were very low quality, um, they would, for certain games, they would shoot high quality film reels, but it wasn't available certainly in real time and probably not even that day. It would be like a few days later, a week later, it would come out as like a highlights clip. Like, look at how this game looks in film quality. And it's really good. And I guess that was like HBO's first foray into sports or something like that too. Right. Well, so, so NFL films was, was an in-house arm of, of the league. And they would, they would do that for like the Super Bowl and other things. And they would, they would turn them into these, like a, a half hour, uh, basically like a, a, a Super Bowl highlight film. 
And like, it, it, I don't know, like the week leading up to the Super Bowl, like in the middle of the afternoon when it had nothing else on, ESPN would like marathon them. Sure. You know, so okay. you'd start with Super Bowl one and go, oh, you know, okay. just oh the years. <laughs> and what they they were famous for, like, um, they would do super slow motion. There's a lot of like they sure. had an entire orchestral soundtrack, which is super dramatic, but is to be fair, it's pretty cool music. They would do <laughs> like they, the one shot they do they would do constantly is you'd see the quarterback, you know, slow, slow and then release the ball, and as the ball's in the air, they would zoom in on it really close, huh. and then as it came to the... You'd watch it spiral through the air, and then when it came to the receiver, they would jump back out, and huh. you could see them make this slow, slow motion. Get. They're really... They really huh. are cool. I imagine Cinematic, you spend, it sounds like. Yeah. It was incredibly yeah. cinematic, and it is part of the, the sort of the the NFL as a business enterprise, like helps to build the NFL and the, the entertainment value, and what was the guy's name? Uh, John Facenda was the the guy who did all the voiceovers. And so you'll hear lines, you know, the uh, the Chicago Bears visiting the frozen tundra Lambeau Fields. <laughs> um, like, stuff like that. And it's yeah. just, it's so portentous, but also like, but it works. And it's <laughs> a sort of, there's this, just this uh, element of, you know, NFL lore. So if you want to spend an afternoon, go check out NFL films. Yeah. Um, so another one, let's put it, let's put it this way. <laughs> if this best of the MLS cup thing is reminiscent of NFL films, that's really good. That's yeah. very, that's a very good, that's a very, uh, that's a comp, that's a major compliment to give. Yeah. So that, but it's at least spiritually like the same idea. Like, you know, we know this isn't super current. The MLS cup happened, yeah, you know, know, late last year, Yeah, but this is a really cool way to relive it. So yeah, yeah, um, and you would, and and it's, it's the kind of thing where it used to be they would release those like you'd have a video or a DVD. Your team won, and so mm-hmm. you know, order the order the you know order your Super Bowl <laughs> video, and it would be, you know it'd be like a a short recap of the season. They would do these like season recaps. I remember watching, and it was like it was amazing how they could make a terrible team. It's like <laughs> you made you were six and ten last year. Gosh darn! Just a couple of breaks, and that's a and a one draft pick, and that's a that team is that team's thinking Super Bowl. Like you could come out of there amazing, <laughs> how good everyone really. It really are. It really was an impressive thing, and, oh, and the, the they, magic of editing. Uh, the, well, but editing and the narration and all sure. of it. Yeah, it was. Uh, they were they were very they were they were very cool. I don't know if they still do them. I, I doubt. You know, in this day and age, they don't really have the same salience. I imagine, but they were yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so last week, uh, tickets for the Copa America went on sale. Mm-hmm. And so as I think we touched on, um, there are two, um, quarterfinal matches and a semifinal match that are happening at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands up in my neck of the mm-hmm. woods here. And I attempted to get tickets for Chile versus Argentina. So (laughs) this was fun. So they went on sale at, I don't know, it was like 9 a.m. No, it was 10 a.m., right? Tickets went on sale at 10 Mm a.m. I had tried getting spousal approval on this trip the night before. That didn't happen. I didn't get spousal approval until, I don't know, 10.05 or so, by which point I was clicking on the link from Copa America, where I had signed up, whatever link we posted, you know, months yeah. back when they announced it, I was clicking on that link and they were swamped. I was getting like 
gateway errors like from their website. Their their website was hosed. Mm-hmm. And I realized, okay, wait a second, wait a second. No, no, no. I don't need their website. I need to get to Ticketmaster. So then I went to Ticketmaster, at which point I was behind like 15,000 literally like plus other people in queue like to try and get these tickets, right? Yep. But I still needed the code for the pre-sale from the Copa America email. So I had to copy that into my clipboard. I'm doing this on my phone. And... <laughs> This is like the world's worst video game ever because you have the combination of high stakes, right? Something that I want that actually matters as real world consequences, right? (laughs) And then you have this like random flaky behavior. So imagine you've got this top down view, like a seating chart that shows the sections of a stadium, right? Most of them are gray, which is rounding down to zero seats available. I later found out that, no, it actually might mean there are individual seats, but there at least aren't pairs of seats together in that section, right? So then you'll see a section light up blue, and you'll click on it, and you'll see a nice little blotch of a cluster of seats all available. So you'll try with your half-inch wide finger tapping on this tiny little less than an eighth of an inch wide dot on your phone. And after two or three tries, you'll get it. And then it'll pop up asking, are you sure? And you need to try and tap a little tiny yes on that. And then sometimes by the time you're done hitting that, that seat wasn't already taken. But most of the time, that seat you were tapping on is already gone. So when you happen to catch that one in time, then you repeat this for, I was thankfully only trying to get two seats. You repeat this for the seat next to it, by which point certainly at least one or both of them are gone, right? And you repeat this over and over and over again to the point where I finally, no, I'm not going to say I finally gave up because that's not in my character. I finally managed to get two seats, but by the time it was all said and done, they were next to each other, but I didn't even know what section they were in because I was just like moving all over the map, just like in and out, in and out, like trying to find some pair of seats that I could move on quickly enough that I would actually manage to secure them. And finally I did. And they're not, awful seats they're they're fairly good seats they're like 20 20s of like the row like they're in row like 23 24 something like that they're kind of on the diagonal away from one of the goals so not not awful seats not what i would have picked if i could leisurely like pick out exactly (laughs) ideally in this match where would i like to sit but it'll be fun that was hopefully messy messy I'm about to say, for Argentina, Chile, that was never going to happen. I know. Um, I mean, it's like my old man comment is because that's what you were trying to do it on the phone. I wouldn't dare do that on my phone because for exactly most of the reasons you're talking about. Um, I, I'd be very – more than, most thing I'm most curious about, which we don't have to talk about on air, was just how much you paid for that ticket. But, uh, well, at least I knew the prices were probably going to be better first sale versus like from StubHub later probably. But I mean that's a I mean that's always my instinct is yeah. to jump in the resale. Um, yeah, I mean, but if you're if you're into Argentina, Chile, man, that's awesome. Uh, that's gonna be uh, <laughs> that is gonna be. I mean, it's it's. I suspect they're gonna hammer the the Chileans because Chile's kind of yeah. fallen off, and they're still they're still Argentina, they're still the world champs. Um, yep, that Messi guy is still still pretty good. So, well, yeah, hopefully 
he's fit and playing and hopefully it works out and I get to see him. But if not, I do know other players who are playing for Argentina just from following World Cup and because some yeah. of them are, in, are Premier League players who, who I yeah. know and follow. So no matter what, it'll, it'll be a good match. And I, I didn't, we, I think for scheduling reasons, it didn't work out to see the semifinal, but I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have bought tickets for the semifinal just speculatively like hoping it was the one team i actually care about i would have rather buy the ticket for for the the game that i know that they're playing so yeah i mean i did look there were three games scheduled to be in houston at nrg one of them is is mexico which i'm not i'm not touching that um (laughs) too crazy to try yeah Yeah. there's a group game is like it's I think it's Colombia Paraguay, I think, is who's playing that one, which that's a maybe, but I didn't love the date. And then we get a uh, we're going to have one of the round of 16 games uh, on the 4th of July, hmm. although it looks like, it looks like it'll probably be Argentina because hmm. it, it's the winner of that group. So and I, and the, the runner up of Mexico's group, which if it is Mexico, Argentina, Mexico would let, might break the stadium. Um, yeah, if it's uh, but if it's Argentina, somebody else will probably be a bunch of. It will be basically people trying to see Messi. Um, so. so wait a second. So I thought that there were quarterfinals, but they must not be if they haven't played the round of sixteen yet. Well, remember they're bra- they're bracketed. Everything's bracketed, right. so we know where the group winners are slotted to go. And winners well, right, but the match that I'm watching or going to see is specifically Chile and Argentina. So it has it's to be a like group. A group it's the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in a yeah. You're in a group yeah. game. I knew that was. I would, okay. I think we had mentioned that. I'm. Yeah. I know MetLife has another. Yeah, stuck that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know MetLife has a, you know, it's, it's, it's New York. So yeah, you know, that's not surprising. Um, yeah. All right. Um, very briefly touching on MLS. So their season started this week and, uh, Miami has actually had two games already. They had one that was, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. They won two nil. And then, uh, I watched the, I watched the highlights for both. I didn't watch the whole match for either of them, but watching the highlights for their weekend match on, I think it was yesterday, Sunday, as we record, um, they were not performing well. They were like doing poorly all match. Finally, toward the end, this is against LA Galaxy. They scored a late goal to pull ahead, which felt deserved from what the commentators were saying in the highlights and mm-hmm. from what they'd shown in the highlights so far. So assuming that, that their highlights are balanced and accurate. Um, but then <laughs> Messi ended up scoring a goal from, a, I think it was, no, it wasn't, it was, he missed the free kick one. Um, he scored a goal like in stoppage time. It was like a nice little like back and forth. Like he passed it, he crossed away from the goal to someone who crossed it back to him and he knocked it in like in stoppage time to draw. So they've had a good start so far. Yeah, I about to say I'm not surprised that they were. Uh, I'm not surprised that they were playing the opening game there on that Wednesday because because yeah. you know me- messy league soccer. Uh, but uh, yep. <laughs> I, Houston fell to St. Louis on the first leg of their their Concacaf Champions Cup. That's what it's called now, the Concacaf Champions Cup game. Mm. Uh, second leg is going to be uh, tomorrow night. We're recording mm. on Monday as usual. It'll be tomorrow night in Houston. And then they drew with a late with a they drew to uh who did they play? I don't remember. <laughs> they, oh, Sporting Kansas City, that was it. They drew mm-hmm. against Sporting Kansas City. And then New York City uh lost one nil to Charlotte because of course they did. Um <laughs> Oh well. But yeah, MLS is back, so that's always fun. Yeah. So all right, so shall we head over to Portugal? <laughs> MSA, speaking of continental competition, um, <laughs> right. So, so we have a we have a we have a fun little little tidbit on this for various and sundry reasons. I was unable to see this game. Now, of course, I have watched the highlights and have numerous, um, you know, and watched highlights and have seen numerous recaps. And so I'm 
I feel qualified to say some of the things that were going on, but I, I feel like you should lead this conversation. Huh, I'll do my seeing best. as you actually, you know, watched the game. Well, yeah. So it's so it's funny. We were talking before the show about how you had trouble even watching the replay, and that was that was my experience too. So. I, I was like out sick a lot of last week and I was actually on a sick day when this match happened. And if the, the problem is parents never really get sick days, it doesn't work out that way. So the game was starting at three o'clock Eastern. And although I was sick, I still had to go pick my son up from school as the match was starting. So it didn't make sense to watch it live because I wasn't going to miss the first part of it. I'd rather watch the whole thing later than miss part of it and watch the rest live. So, um, but so I think it was later on that same day. I went into Paramount Plus to try and watch the highlights and I think or not the highlights, the recap, um the, the full match replay. And they had one one of the other matches, I think I don't remember if Barcelona played there, there was another match that happened that day, and that one showed up and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well and I'll I'll keep checking back and then maybe half an hour later or something, they were both there. And as I was playing the replay the first thing I noticed that was off is it showed a one hour runtime. And, you know, I may not have been watching soccer long, but I know by now, no, no game is ever going to be one hour. That math doesn't work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, I started anyways, just figuring I'll go with it. You know, who knows what's going on? And it, it's the pregame. Mm. And uh, as I'm realizing, like, it's nowhere near kickoff yet with whatever part they're showing, I start skipping forward by bigger and bigger chunks to the point where I basically go all the way to the end. And it was the full one hour pregame <laughs> under the heading of being the replay for the match. Oh, dear. So then I switch over to the other match and I see, Oh, it's the same thing. It's a one hour runtime. It's all the pregame out of curiosity. I seek all the way to the one hour mark and let it keep going. And sure enough, it does continue on to show the kickoff. And to show the action starting and the time is showing like negative one seconds remaining, negative 10 seconds remaining, right? Like it's exceeded the duration, but it's still playing, right? So I figure, okay, well, I guess I'll try watching Arsenal like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did that for like a minute and then I like got out of it to do something else. I forget why. And when I went back, it like wasn't even listed at all again anymore. Mm-hmm. So eventually I went back and it was listed as normal and it played as normal and everything, but I didn't like, I did not stop it. Like once I got it going, I just let it go. And it helps that with these champions league matches, there is zero halftime. Like it goes straight from the end of stoppage time, right into the beginning of the next half. So I didn't need to even try skipping or messing with it. I didn't tempt fate, but I was able to watch all of it. So that was a little weird. As I say, I feel like from what, as I understand it, that experience was probably a good uh, introduction to the game itself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whew, yeah, this is this is not our strongest uh, performance, especially of late. I mean, they we we dominated possession most of the mm-hmm. game. Like we still had the ball, right? But they just shut down the dribbling lanes. Like we could mm-hmm. not move the ball where we wanted to. We could not get anywhere close to the goal for like almost a whole match. And I know we've talked before about parking the bus. And like from my understanding of you describing that, that has to do with like really like 
tight concentration of defenders around the penalty box, mainly, yeah. right? This was not even that. Like, we were having trouble, like, even pushing into, like, their midfield, like, pushing past the half line. Mm. Like, it was it was really tricky. They were really marking us well. Like, we had a lot of trouble with it. Yeah, so that's when we talk about the press. That's the sort of thing we're talking about. And we'll, we'll get to the Newcastle game, obviously, in a little bit. Now, we were pressing Newcastle very high up the pitch. Right, we're we're getting after them deep in their own end. Mm-hmm. Porto, from the sound of what you're describing, was doing so more in the middle of the field, and that kind of comports with some of the things I'm hearing. They're very, I mean, as Portuguese sides in general can be very difficult to break down defensively, especially if they're committing to a very defensive game, which Porto very clearly was. Um, yeah, you know they and. Um, I get the impression. Well, I must say, so there, so there was that. So we've got a, a team that's definitely, again, not, you know, they're playing us aggressively in a very particular part of the park. Um, what else? Uh, I guess I was saying, what else did you did it stood out to you? Well, yeah, I mean, so there was that also. I mean, just as an indication of our possession, we ended up, I was counting them as we went. I mean, we ended up with around 10 corner kicks. Mm-hmm. Like, but we had practically no shots on goal. Like, their keeper mm-hmm. didn't have to do, I don't think, anything at all, and certainly not much throughout the match. Just whenever we got a chance, it was never a good chance. It was never, like, they never gave us a clean shot at any point. Um, so it'd go hide, go wide, whatever it was. And so just lots of corner kicks. We had some free kicks, especially toward the end that were, uh, like, you know, just outside the box that could have been good opportunities and just didn't really do anything. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, obviously a, a frustrating game. Um, a lot of the commentary afterwards surrounded the officiating. What did you see or what do you think about some of that? Well, there were definitely a lot of yellow cards handed out, most of them in the second half, although we had a couple really early on. Uh, it was in the second minute, uh, Declan Rice got one, um, which I, I, I disagreed with that. Um, I don't know. He it was, it was a little weird. I think, oh wait, maybe. Was that a handball? That one may have been a handball. I think he was scrambling to like cat to receive a pass and like just somehow ended up doing something out. Oh no, he knocked somebody over or something. Yeah, I understand yeah. it was a physical it was a physical yeah. play and most of the most of the commentary I saw was had no problem with that. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's it was frustrating from the perspective of, "Oh, isn't that interesting how you can pick up a yellow card in the second minute?" Oh, how in- how about that for a bad tackle? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. That could be that could be an England versus Europe complaint when it comes to referee. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I think that was just kind of like it was a bad pass. Like he had, it was passed to him, but he didn't know it was coming. And so that, that was a little frustrating, but um, I did note in the 16th minute, um, Pepe put his studs down on Odegaard's foot. And mm. I think he did call a foul, but there was no yellow card, which I'm, I'm to understand that typically studs on the top of someone's foot should be a, a card, right? It, it can be, uh, by the way, that's what we should. We, I feel like we should actually give his, his legal first name. That's 40 year old Pepe. Right, there were yeah, there were it's, two Pepe's, right? It's, uh, it is it is it is something to watch a game and still still see competitors who are younger than you are. I like it. <laughs> I, I like I were older than you are. Older, older right. than you are. Older than you are. Yeah, they're still all hanging on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Roy Kent of Porto. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so so yeah, you know, overall, I was I didn't find myself disagreeing with most of the calls voluminous as they were. Mm. Um, but 
I'm, I'm looking through my notes. Uh, let's see. Havertz, 61st minute. Yellow card for arm contact, which looks like he could not have reasonably prevented. Like a player ran into him from behind is what it mm. looked like to me in the moment and in the replays of it. That one yeah. did not look warranted. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I, you know, ultimately I don't feel like those really affected the match. You never know, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like we were, we had everything going for us. And if it weren't for those calls <laughs> that we would have won the match, like it didn't feel like that to me. Well, I, I guess, I guess the complaints. And so I'll relay this. This is some of what I've been hearing, which comports with a lot of things I've seen over the years when it comes to playing away games in Europe and especially against certain countries like Portugal, mm. which is that the Portuguese went to ground very easily. Okay. Now we've spent a lot of time watching watching the English game where you know it's um you know you got you got be got to take it like a man you know got to stand up to yourself. <laughs> um, whereas in other parts of Europe, especially like Southern Europe and the Mediterranean, their contact is much more fra- much more frowned And so a good way to get yourself a call is to go down very easily. And that would it's not so much a complaint to Porto. Who is playing the way they need to? They're mucking up the game. They're they like Arsenal apparently did not play very well, but the sense was that Porto wasn't exactly like taking it to them so much as Porto was executing a game plan, which was to frustrate Arsenal as much as possible. Minus mm. that one highlight I did see of the I not still not quite sure how uh, the one Porto player didn't score from two point blank chances. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that was clearly the other big thing that I did note during the matches. They're at the very least not good at set pieces. Like they had some chances from like one or they only had a couple corner kicks, I think, Mm -hmm. but they had like at least another one that was like a good free kick. They had some opportunities that, that were good and they just, bungled it badly like had mm. a clear shot the there was a lane into the goal and just kicked it wide in the wrong direction under mm. not as much pressure as i would expect to produce that result so mm. um that that was another thing that i noticed with them but yeah like they they didn't seem like offensively they were overall super strong their defense was very effective against us yeah but. and that's in a lot of ways i think was their plan i mean Certainly for Porto, like the, I mean, in, in a Champions League tie, um, you know, obviously with, with goal difference across the two games, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, I know we talked about this last time, I, I is, is the away goals rule still, I think, I feel like the no. away goals, no, they've got rid of away goals altogether. They changed it now, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I know, because I know the away goals rule is not applied in extra time, because it used to be, and that drove me nuts. I thought it was awful. Because because if you were level going to extra time, well, that meant the road team, technically the lower seed, so to speak, now had the right. advantage. Right, that's um, true, yeah. But um, I thought the away, away goals was still, at least during it for regulation time, I don't really remember. You'd think this would be simpler to find. But anyway, I mean, yeah. to not give, I mean, it, let me ask this. Knowing that we still have the second leg to play at home, how do you feel about where we are? I feel like we should still be in good shape. I mean, we did this well away. This this game should have been, it felt like a draw. It felt like a scoreless mm. draw. 
they happened to score in stoppage time. So the result doesn't reflect that, but this felt like it should have been a scoreless draw. It was that type of match, just like a lot of back and forth, not that many shots and not almost any clean, good shots on target. Um, it felt like it should have been a scoreless draw. When we go home and we have our crowd, hopefully mm. that shifts things. Hopefully like for us to come up with, Two goals doesn't seem crazy, right? The way that uh, the way our form has been of late, mm. right? Now, of course, this match isn't happening super soon, right? I think it's actually still a few weeks away. Right? We have, a, yeah, a couple weeks. I want to say it's the twelfth yeah. of March, as the yeah. So, but you know, still assuming that things go as they have been, I think for us to make up the difference, it, it stinks. You don't want to start off like mm. one in the hole, but I feel like we should be able to pull a result out from it. I'd like to see us do it, and I think we can. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the sense, you know, it was a frustrating result, especially to concede the goal so very late. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the margins are fine at this level. And we talked about, you know, Porto's having, not having a great season, but they are they are seasoned European competitors, or in the case of Pepe, perhaps a little overripe. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make my old man jokes while I still can. Um, Overseasoned. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, to, the, to their credit, again, they had a game plan they executed, and Arteta has made a, a comments to, the, to that effect that we have to be able to to deal with that, but also be able to play that game ourselves. We, we've talked a lot about Ben White and a little bit of Kai Havertz, right? The the dark arts, as they're called. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Porto and more veteran sides, I mean, that's that's what they do, especially at this level. And, you know, that I think we can, on some level, be critical of the referee for sort of falling for it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was definitely, there was probably a little bit more, you know, Porto, again, as we said, went down pretty easy on uh, a couple times getting maybe a few, perhaps getting a few phantom foul calls. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, that's kind of that's kind of what you have to deal with. That's just the nature of this stage of the competition, um, you know, any knockout tournament. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, Arteta's first season, they won the FA Cup. And it's basically the only trophy he's actually won. And I, I mean, I, I respect the community shield, but the FA Cup is the only trophy he's actually <laughs> won. And, you know, to, to follow that up, you know, but to follow that up, I mean, we've been knocked out of the, like, first or second round just about every cup competition right. since then. Right. You know, there are there are such things as cup managers. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a weird thing. Cups, you know, those kinds of things, tournaments are different competitions than the league, and there are different incentives in place. And so, um, I mean, I think you're right. Going home, you know, we, we, we could afford to win 1-0. Giving up a goal really becomes a problem in the aggregate and having to win by more. Uh, mm. So at that point, it, it, um, regardless of away goals, um, again, yeah. we'll, we'll figure that out at some point. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sure by the time we hear the commentators talking about it, we'll talk there about will be it, no yeah. ambiguity. Yeah. And probably. Um, as soon as I listen to them at any point. Um, yeah, I'll, I will. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do that. That'll be my okay. work. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it, it's frustrating, but we'll, I, I think we'll live. But yeah, we're going to have to be a little more, a little more wily. Or, you know, someone said that their goal was to, um, and we use this as our transmission moment, their goal was to muck up the game. Newcastle is a team that likes to muck up the game. We, we know about our trip up there to St. James's Park earlier this year. We know about playing them in the last couple of seasons. What you do is what we did to Newcastle, which is um, you put your foot down um, <laughs> or in, in the, I mean, you know, the, the Arsene Wenger phrase is you have to play with the handbrake off. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, before we get there, there's a couple more things I wanted to talk about still with Porto. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, we were, we were talking about coming home. Um, we had, you had talked before, but we've talked about how the Champions League really tightly controls who's which companies' names are associated with the competition to the mm-hmm. point where they won't call it the Emirates Stadium; they'll call it. Arsenal Stadium. It's the commentators stadium. are not bound by any such rules. No, they refer to it as Emirates over and over again. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, the other thing is the Dragao Stadium. I, that's such a cool name. Um, there, and we, we talk about the different character, like as you go to different countries, that the games sound different. It reminded me a lot more of an American arena. Like they had a lot more chants than songs, okay. and it sounded more like watching an NBA game or something like that, more like what you'd expect, uh, what I'd expect at least. Um, so um, I also noticed that Porto's equipment sponsor, this is the kind of thing that I like paying attention to. They have New Balance as mm-hmm. uh, as their equipment sponsor, which I'm very familiar with. Their, their, their shoes are fairly popular in the United States. And I, I don't think I even ever considered them really as making anything other than shoes. But of course, they all do. Um, but yeah, can you think of any other teams that have New Balance as their um, there, there are some scattered around Europe. Uh, Liverpool for a couple of years was a New mm. Balance team. And then like once this was like right, right around or right before when they, they hired Klopp. And then once they got really good, they basically like they, <laughs> there, there was, there was some like weird court thing, but like basically they, oh. that they broke that contract and signed with Nike as soon as they But yeah, I, I know Liverpool's done it. Um, there's a couple of national teams. I want to say maybe Costa Rica might have a New Balance. Mm. Um, it was a brief period. Boston College was actually, I think, a New Balance, <laughs> which is, you know, is an interesting one. And I'm pretty sure they're Nike now. But uh, yeah. yeah, so it's um, so they, they so they are definitely like a fourth or fifth tier. Like they were they were around. They were around. And I mean, if you're, if you're looking, if you're looking at the outfitters, I mean, Nike and Adidas are the big ones. And Puma, right. Puma does very well. There's a few other companies. And uh, Kappa is a big one on the continent. You know, Castore. Castor is a newer one yeah. that's been popping up around. And then especially as you go into some leagues, you start to see increasingly local brands or mm. you get to countries like Iran or China and you see some of their, you know, home more homegrown um, yeah. uh, All right. brands. But so some so one last thing I wanted to ask you about from Portugal. So there were signs all over the stadium that were mm-hmm. saying uh, Road to London 24. These were ads that were showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on in London this year? <laughs> what uh, is that? that is that's that's for the the Champions League final is being okay. is, held at, is being held at Wembley. So okay, uh, okay. so that's what that that's what that is. Which, I, I had a feeling it might be yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which if we can overcome our aversion to knockout stage games, we have an excellent record at Wembley. Just <laughs> saying. Um, is Wembley the home stadium for any Premier League team or no? No, it is the okay. uh, the the England the England national team is is their home stadium, and then they use Wembley for uh, tournaments like the yeah. Carabao Cup final yeah. was on Sunday, um, the FA Cup final, the semifinals are there too. Um, they, you know, it's it's in the rotation for Champions League. Uh, it hosted the last European final. Um, Mm. So yeah, I mean it's yeah, and, and then they do concerts in various. Of course, yeah, there. that that was clearly the first place where I heard of Wembley from was the different concerts that have taken place there. So yeah, well, it's me. actually we should say it's the second version of Wembley because there was an older oh, okay. version which, and then they closed it. I want to say around two thousand, and there hmm. was a long process of renovation. That's basically a completely completely different stadium, uh, completely like Yankee Stadium, yeah. 
<laughs> well, no, in Yankee Stadium was literally they uh, built a brand new building right next to it. Wembley right. is the same physical oh, location, okay. same footprint. They, but they, okay. they basically gutted it and just completely redid the whole thing. Um, oh, okay. It's supposed to be very nice, as I can imagine, as you might imagine. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they've hosted the Champions League final before, and they will do so again. So it is the, the road to London is is us. We're on the road to London, hopefully right. for a little bit longer. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we were, we were talking before the show. It's been a little bit warmer. Uh, yes, uh, earlier today, uh, you said how, how warm was it in Houston today? Uh, it was up in the eighties today. Uh, up in the eighties, and I'm, t- I'm told ninety five in Dallas. Oh boy! Wow. Well, glad I'm not there right now. Well, for me today, I almost got to sixty, which is is a lot warmer than it sounds for here for this time of year. And uh, I'm starting to think about spring sports. I actually, got the soccer ball out with my son. We, we kicked it around a little bit. Had him shooting at the little uh, small target goal that I have. Uh, he had a lot of fun with that. Um, and you know, after you do something like that, uh, of course, you, you tend to get thirsty, right? So uh, what I like to grab is a stick of liquid IV. Uh, it's a little stick-shaped packet that you tear open, pour the powdery contents into 16 ounces of water, and it keeps you from feeling thirsty anymore. Uh, That is because Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than with water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights. With three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, Liquid IV also partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So I love that it's convenient. You can take it with you either pre-mix or post-mix, whichever is more convenient for the circumstance at hand. And uh, it doesn't leave an aftertaste in your mouth, which I always appreciate because I don't like drinks that do that. Um, um, and uh, so far, my favorite flavor is strawberry lemonade. The jury's still out on the new ones that I ordered uh, with spring sports starting up soon. I'll have something to report back. But in the meantime, if that sounds good to you, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Gooner at checkout. That is code Gooner, G-O-O-N-E-R. There is no U in Gooner to get 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today at liquidiv.com. There is also a link in our description to make it even easier for you. Shop better hydration today. So, yeah, uh, things went a lot better uh, when we played Newcastle at home. <laughs> didn't, this time, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they? We, we still had a frustrating late goal, but it doesn't bother you as much when you're four up <laughs> already at that point. <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't as late either. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Did look kind of similar though, shot from distance, out, out mm. past Raya. I don't want to w- dwell on it too much. Actually, I should say, uh, really, we we ought to count this one for ourselves anyway, uh, because the goal scorer was uh, Joe Willock, who was uh, a Halen product, an Arsenal academy lad. Uh, oh, played, okay. played a few, played a little bit for Arsenal. Um, went on loan to Newcastle, scored like ten goals in half a season, like had just a bonkers. So basically, we got a lot more money from them. He's probably worth. Um, oh, interesting. So, uh, but a good, uh, but a good, but a good lad. Uh, good, good. We got something from Goody's. He's still part of you know doing well in, in Newcastle. He's coming off the bench, and um, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm counting. So I'm counting this one. Uh, I'm, uh, this one is fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, so the first goal, um, this was a Saka corner kick that was converted by Gabrielle. And I think it had looked like they might call it an own goal. Do you remember how that one ended up going? Yeah, that's, that's an own goal. Yeah. Um, Cause it bounces off the guy's leg. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it like, it, it touched after Gabrielle's header, it touched like three Newcastle players, including the keeper. Um, right. And then sort of barely crossed the line, but you know they have that right, uh, right. They have they have the Hawkeye technology. I mean, everybody. I mean, it, there was wasn't a lot of like even on the replay, you could see it. It was clearly across yeah, the line. Yeah. Of course, they and they checked it, and it was right. And uh, yeah, but um, yeah, like like I sort of said, the Newcastle is a team that has um, Newcastle's frustrated us in a lot of ways recently. I mean, we've beaten them, but also we've had some difficult results against them. Um, Certainly late in the season, in the Amazon season, uh, documentary, even last year, uh, and earlier this season, going up to St. James's Park and losing 1-0. I get the impression, and there's some comments made by Arteta and Odegaard and a couple of players post-game, they don't particularly like Newcastle. Hmm. And I, and I get the impression there's a bit of mutual, they, like, you know, there's certainly a mutual, um, you know, antipathy there. And so, hmm. um, I think they, like, like we talked about with Porto, Newcastle's going to look at this game and say, all right, how do we muck things up? How do we slow things down? Um, you know, last year they were a very good defensive team. That's how they ended up finishing in a, in a Champions League spot. Um, they, uh, we didn't let them do that. If you're looking for the blueprint of how, how what do you do to Porto? Like, how do you turn that game, that kind of game around? That. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Um, I think the shots were eleven nothing at the half. Sounds I think, right. <laughs> I think um, possession was. I, we were we had more possession, but the, you know they they had very few opportunities in our in our end of the field. I think they said the average position of every Newcastle player in the game was in their own half. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we harassed them continuously. We we certainly in the first half, and then for the for a good chunk of the second half too. Just that was a that was a. Dominant performance against a team that's been struggling. Newcastle has some injuries. Um, I, 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 I would be very shocked if Eddie Howe is still managing Newcastle at the start of next season. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was that felt good. It felt good. <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, we scored that first goal in the 18th minute, which was not quite as early as as our first goal last week, but still good. Still, you know, first quarter of the match, and then we had an interesting play that happened to make our next goal only six minutes later. Martinelli was like kind of on the right side and crossed it over to Havertz to get it in. Mm-hmm. That was that was some nice uh, shaking things up a little bit. And that's Havertz there with a that's a goal scorer's finish. He 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 gets himself in a position in the box. We sort of talked about that a little bit, right? How many times have we seen early in the season crosses go through and somebody's not quite there? You need that guy who can make that run to be in the box so that when it comes across, is there for what is effectively a tap in. It's a very easy finish. And Havertz yeah. is Havertz has definitely come into his own in the last few weeks. The way we've been set up recently, he's done a very good job finding those spaces and putting himself in a position to finish those opportunities. And that was a good one to see him finish. And Martinelli was, uh, again, a player who was everywhere. Um, yeah. Had a couple of nice, a couple of nice plays uh, throughout the game. You didn't get the, didn't get the goal though. He had shortly after that one, that, that header that he, I mean, that was a, 
that place would have erupted if he puts that if he puts that <laughs> header on. That was a that was a thunderous head. The, the I, I I almost out of the corner of my eye saw him making that run, and then you see the ball come in and go, <gasps> and then he heads it over the bar. It's yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, you know, those, that was, you know, most of what happened in the first half, we were, we were dominant. They didn't really threaten at all in the first half. Um, in the second half, I, I don't remember noticing Kivior playing in the first half. Was he a sub in the second half? Nope. Kivior was okay. starting. I was Zinchenko and Tomiyasu right. out and Timber. Right. Um, Yes, it, then then Kivior has been the left back, and I guess we were just in there half so much he didn't have as much to do. I guess I didn't see. I, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> get, you know, other than the header, like I can't think of anything Gabrielle in particular did. I can't right. think of anything Saliba did, and that's right. not because they they were there the whole time. Right, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I guess Kivior isn't as tall. Like he isn't usually one of the ones jostling for headers as much. In a well, no, that's I, well, like. I, you know. Ga- Gabriel's a guy who just doesn't get talked about a lot, but he has a lot of goals from set pieces. I mean, yeah. he's, he, you know, yeah. he's, he, and he's, he's very good at it. And oh, like sure. he's he, the consistent ability to put himself in the position to score those goals. Um, you know, it's interesting that for all we have, all the night, all the great things we've said about Saliba, we don't really talk, you know, it, it, he scores like you would expect a center back to score. Um, but Gabriel actually, especially in our recent run of good set pieces, he has um, he's really done. He's really done a great job converting those opportunities. Yeah, yeah. So the next goal, I, what I was impressed by with this one. So this was Saka's goal, and. Mm-hmm. He dazzled the player who was marking him, just like took him to school on offensive footwork and just drilled it in the back of the net. That was that was an amazing he's, shot. He's, I don't have any analysis other than he's so good. Yeah. He's just so good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, just that. And, and, you know, a few minutes later it was Kivior. Yeah. Kivior you know, got good for, one. Good, good for Kivior getting a goal. Um, a few minutes later, Raya punted the ball into the referee's back. <laughs> I know. Which, yeah, it's, <laughs> no, get out of the way, man. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, back at least. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, yeah, this was, this was a, a dominant performance. And we talked, I know we talked last week, right? About, you know, what are the, what are the things we don't see? Uh, I mean, I, to the extent, I don't want to say this is being critical because I'm not. Because as I said, we're playing well. Let's enjoy this. You know, this is obviously we're having a really good run of form in terms of finishing. Um, you know, we, we have to be able to sort of maintain this kind of momentum. Now, having Sheffield up next will probably help with that momentum. <laughs> um it is kind of interesting how uh, I was thinking about this at some point. I remembered earlier in the group stages of the of the Champions League back in September, October, we would sort of talk about how we were getting bogged down in the Premier League and everyone's parking the bus and so packing the box. They're doing so much to us. We can't find space. We can't be as offensively free flowing. And so you'd get to Europe and you'd play um, Lons, and Lons is like. Let's open up the game. <laughs> okay, uh, you know that that's that's sort of how that felt like it was playing out. And really, this week in some places, it felt a little bit like the opposite. It was in the Champions League; things are getting mucked up and tight. But we've just come out of this run in the Premier League where you know, bang, six goals, five goals, three goals, four goals, just goals, goals, goals. Uh. Mm. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, so. 
So, yeah, I mean, we had a triple substitution, and then not too long after, Newcastle had to go and blow our clean sheet. We had a nice streak going of, like, really good, solid goal difference games. They had yeah. to take one back. <laughs> I, I Apparently, this was, like, the first goal Newcastle has scored at the Emirates in, like, five or six years, at least, maybe a decade. Oh, wow, been, really? They, like, their, their fan, you saw their fans went nuts uh, yeah. when they scored. Wow. Uh, that's because they have not seen that happen <laughs> in a long time. Um, you know, yeah, that, I, it was... Kind of frustrating to blow that record, but yeah, really. I heard the commentators say that I guess they've never scored more than one goal at the Emirates. So it's like as soon as we scored our second goal, it's like okay, well they've got quite some odds to overcome at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of it is just they are, you know, that I mean, I, I mean, let's be honest. For most of that stretch, they haven't been very good. The Emirates opened in two thousand six. It is. Okay, it's almost it's almost twenty years old, which is wild to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, it opened in the summer of two thousand six. I mean, most of that stretch, Newcastle hasn't been very good. In fact, they were relegated at least once, maybe twice in that stretch. Um, okay, the fact that they were up near the top of the league is really a in large part a product of a lot of investment they've gotten from the Saudis. I mean, I don't mean that critically, but you know, they have money and they can spend it on players in a way that they, especially their previous ownership, was notoriously tight fisted. Um, mm. more so than they ought to be um, for, for a club of Newcastle's history and fan support and, and, and all of that. But, um, yeah. but uh, you know, in this case, uh, screw them. Uh, we're, we're, you know, they're, <laughs> they are not, last year they had a good season where they, they were, they were what, third or fourth in the league. They got to the Champions League. Uh, not this year. They are not, they are not in that race this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, especially with, with uh, Liverpool won, I think they beat Luton the same day we beat uh, the same day the same day we lost to Porto, uh, you know, and then we're off this weekend for the Carabao Cup. City won, so you know, obviously, it's also all about keeping pace with with everyone at the top, and uh, yeah, you know, just you got to take your chances. Sure. All right. So, shall we discuss Player of the Week? Hmm. I, can, since, well, I, can I can I throw this one to you first since you actually saw both games this week? I, oh, I have yeah. some I thoughts, mean, but I kind of. Honestly, nothing that happened in the portal match is affecting my determination this time around. I mean, it just, it, it was frustrating. I mean, if I, if I had to pick a player from the portal match, I don't know, just like scanning through my notes, I guess Odegaard, and yeah. I haven't recognized him in a while. Like I would probably pick him, but it's a match I'd kind of rather forget. It was frustrating and, you know, <laughs> not great. Who I really did notice a lot, especially in the second half of the Newcastle match. And I think overall, I, I was impressed enough to call him my player of the week was Raya. Um, he did some, some interesting, uh, defensive maneuvers, especially toward the end of this Newcastle match. Like there were, I think a couple times where the ball was like bouncing in, like, you know, somewhere between the 18 yard box and the midfield line. Mm-hmm. And he just did these like flying kicks to just like yeah. clear it out of time. And it was really cool. And just like being really proactive, making sure that they didn't get either a first goal or an additional goal um, later on. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is a perspective. Again, we talked about how much pressure we were putting on them and how much of the game was deep in their end. I think the counterpart of that was Raya himself was pushed up further forward. I mean, it Mm -hmm. does leave that space. You know, you're not going to sit back in your box if your defender is already across the midline. You've got to be further forward in terms of cover. Um, interesting to pick a pick a keeper when you know he conceded two goals like that. Especially, you know, I, not that we blame him for it, but 
Yeah, um, those those weren't goals that I really did ultimately blame him for when they happened. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's also factoring in. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I think I, I, you know, I think for the for the the Newcastle game, I think I'm going to go with Havertz. Okay. Um, much as I've been very complimentary of Odegaard recently, I, I, I there was some thought, some of the commentary. I didn't think he was. As good as he has been, still very good. Uh, Saka's great because Saka's just great. But I thought Havertz, like we talked about, constantly getting himself in those positions. Yeah. I think he was a, a real problem for them, and he's really in a nicer run of form. Um, you know, Martinelli was everywhere, but I really like to have seen him actually finish off a chance. Uh, you know, he, he, player right. of the week's got you got to have a high standard for player of the week. Um, <laughs> Declan Rice was his usual self. Jorginho was a, was a, was very good at the base of the midfield again. Um, I mean, just every you know. I, Again, the run we're on, everyone seems to be playing well. Everyone, everything's going well. Everything's mm-hmm. coming up Arsenal. So, um, yeah. but I'm going to say I'm going to say Kai Havertz, uh, sixty million down the drain. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> All right. So, what's coming up next week? Uh, next week, uh, we get a long break because we are playing. Uh, at, we are at Bramall Lane to go see Sheffield United on Monday. Mm. That's Monday night football in the English sense. Um, <laughs> so that'll be it. I, actually, one other point on that, just thinking about the time. Um, and, and I heard this commentary from some people, journalists who were at the game. There was a lot of pregame hoopla because this is a late kickoff for us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like that kind of, like Spain games, games in Spain kick off at 8 p.m. local time, not not in England. They don't typically right. do that. But it meant there was apparently a lot of, apparently they had like flame flames and fireworks pregame like they had a lot of like the big build-up and you know premier league games typically don't get played that late but you know what games do get played that late champions league games right and they said the cr- the crowd was up for it on hmm. saturday i suspect there's a I, the suggestion i heard from some people was that this is a bit of a dry run for late for future late start times at the emirates if you know what i mean hmm. um like for example, a certain game against Porto in right, two right. or three weeks. Um, I, I'm just I'm just repeating things I've heard. Um, Interesting, yeah. But yes, this, I I suspect I haven't seen the time on the Sheffield game. I, it's midweek. It's a Monday, so it's a weeknight. So I expect it'll be a later one. Um, but is yes, the time up to the hosting stadium? Is that how it works? As the le- the league sets it, the right? Sets the time. So I, I assume for television reasons. I I'm trying to remember. A Premier League game that started that late, an Arsenal game that started that late. I at least on a Saturday, you know, on a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, certainly not on a Sunday, but on a Saturday, I don't remember. Right. Typically, like we're talking like twelve, like twelve thirty my time, so like six thirty is like okay, that's kind of it. But right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was able to watch it live. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it helped me. I, I usually tend to prefer things later instead of earlier, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> So yeah, and as far as where we're going to be able to watch Sheffield, um, World Soccer Talk is uh, not listing that match right now. So we know it's Premier League. It'll be somewhere within NBC Sports. So we yeah, don't know any more than that. And it's it's almost certainly not going to be NBC. Probably not USA. I would guess. <laughs> I would guess Peacock at this point, but we'll we'll see. Um, I could. I guess I could see NBC three o'clock in the. I mean, it's three. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, here in Texas, I don't know like what's on. 
Oh yeah, you know, that late, I'm thinking uh, that it's Sheffield, and it, from what I've seen, it's like the the more anticipated games between two, like a pair of generally higher up in the yeah. table teams, are what seems to get the the broader cable or network play. So yeah, I guess. We'll oh yeah, play. I mean Sheffield, Sheffield is <laughs> Sheffield is is down at the bottom of the league. They're they're right. they're almost certainly going down. Um, yeah, much like much a lot of the way we talked about. Um, Burnley last week. Yeah, actually, Sheffield is dead last. They are minus 44 on goal difference. They've won three games all year. Wow, Um, so you could give them our entire positive goal difference and they'd still be negative. Ooh. You know, yeah, they're yeah they're not good. Uh, so they're going now. That being said, it's a road game. It's the Premier League. There are no easy games in the Premier League, in spite of the fact we made Newcastle look like one. Um, yeah, but you know the 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 the, the, the lads have to be up for it. They've got to they've got to have their heads on. They got to be ready for it. So mm. we'll see. You know, it's funny you, you use the phrase "they're going down." I I wonder if that phrase. I mean, obviously, I've heard that phrase my whole life, and it probably doesn't have soccer origins. But I almost could see it having soccer origins, like relegation, like you're going down a division, like meaning. I don't yeah. know. I, I wonder. Where, I wonder where that phrase started. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it could be all. It could be all kinds of things. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> thanks for joining us at Gooner U. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also listen to our show on Apple, Spotify, and some other places. If you're only listening, try watching us on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes to take you there. Wherever you watch or listen, please like, subscribe, rate, review, and share the show. Thanks again to our sponsor, Liquid IV. You can find them with our special link in the description. Find us on Twitter with a link in the description to get updates and ask questions. Again, my name is Dove, and you can find me on Twitter at Dove Frankel. With me, as always, is Keith, and you can find him in a pub. Of watching Arsenal matches. Come on, you gunners. <laughs> Did you delay longer, or is it because the connection has been kind of breaking up a little bit? <laughs> it, might have, it might have been the connection. I don't think I delayed pretty long. Hold on. Uh, one second. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, no, one this, has been, this has been happening. When we get close to, like, the one hour mark, it's like Zencaster is telling us, okay, guys, <laughs> it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened the last couple weeks. <laughs> Sorry, I had to kill a bug on my wall. <laughs> ah, okay. How'd it go? I got him. Okay, good, good got hunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. He was mosquito esque, and so I was like, "No, I really want to get this guy. Uh, yeah. I, don't want, I don't want him. I don't want him floating around." Oh. <laughs> so five, five titles in the running. We've got the Frozen yeah. Tundra, World's Worst Video Game, the Roy Kent of Porto, mucking up the game, and Flames and Fireworks. Oh, I do rather like Flames and Fireworks. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I like the Roy Kent of Porto. I think that's funny. Um, Pretty sure Roy Kent calls Pepe old man. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Again, dude's forty. Like yeah, I, you know, yeah. like that's. I mean, that's, I'm trying impressive. to think of how how old he was. Like in that last season, in the first season, his head last. So I feel like he was probably like 37 or 38 or something. Right. I mean, yeah, he's. A, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, again, professional athletes. You're talking about mm-hmm. like. Guys who are, you know, the old, the old, you're an old man when you hit like 33. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, put him out to pasture, you know? Um, so, uh, so you think flames and fireworks? I, I prefer flames and fireworks. Um, that's, that's good. I'll take it. So the next thing, um, we wanted to actually speak to our audience for a minute and enlist your help with something. We noticed as we were going through (laughs) our show notes, um, I, so 
we basically have like a section in our notes for each match, right? So if I were to look at this match, it says in our document, episode 231, and then the date that we're recording it, February 26th, 2024. And I have some general stuff that kind of moves between each episode every time, some notes for ourselves, and then the overall structure of the show, front matter, follow-up, news, the messy room, and then each match has its own section. And in the section for each match, I'll say PL match number blank, the date of the match, and then final score. I'll have a template when before the match happens, like home team underscore dash underscore away team, right? So it's all filled out. I copy and paste it for the next week. And for Premier League matches, we go sequentially, and I always just like add one to a number. Well, at some point, <laughs> I didn't add one to a number. And we caught this, Keith caught this as I was beginning to like i was typing in what i say in the opening where i say our 26th premier league match i had written 25th premier league match because that's what i had written down and he said well wait a second that's not right and it's like oh no you're right the live table is showing 26 games played we we know <laughs> we know that that's wrong <laughs> so i started scrolling through to see where there was a doubling or a gap no there wouldn't have been a gap it would have been a doubling at some point and i couldn't find it so any intrepid listeners who would like to dig through i mean you can basically see in the description i always put the match number in the description of each episode um so you should be able to flick through like an apple podcast or overcast or wherever you listen and maybe you can catch it um if we don't hear from anybody else i'll probably try and do it myself uh before <laughs> record the next episode but that was kind of funny uh. <laughs> i wonder if i wonder as we're thinking about that i wonder if it's because you would write them as match weeks and we had one of those weeks where with two games and that's where everything no i had tried doing match week at the very beginning of our our first season and yeah. I gave that up quickly once I saw that yeah no it isn't always one match per week. Well no because we, well, <laughs> we ran into the problem of this Premier League week but also you'd have the right. Europa League or, or FA Cup you know and so it would it would get it, a little It mess. could be. I don't think I would have made that mistake I think it's probably just a copy and paste and forget to change it error but yeah, yeah well, I guess we'll find out probably. once we know which match it was we can see what happened that week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile um, I had a request from my son something he wanted me to mention on the show so okay. do, do you recall the Newcastle goalkeeper's name? I, I, oh didn't really catch oh, gosh. it. Gosh, I know I'm gonna look. <laughs> but, I, but I am gonna look this up. Um, so, you'll, so you'll look it up. You'll get the name. But meanwhile, what he wanted me to say, he wanted me to mention on air that the Newcastle goalkeeper looks like Thor. Reed kept on calling him Thor. Uh, he did have so. the, he did have the long blonde hair there. Long blonde hair and a ponytail. Yeah, I, I could see what he was talking about. It was kind of funny. Uh, where are they? Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Loris Carius. Ah, Loris Sven Cadius. Oh, okay. who's German? Wow. Okay. The, yeah, that doesn't doesn't sound like that. It sounds it sounds like Latin or Greek or something. Well, no. Well, well. Yeah, his middle name is Sven. So. Sven, right? That sounds Russian. Yeah. Well, well, I was I was a Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Yeah, yeah. That, which which fits right. the Thor. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, he was at Liverpool for a while. That's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to get going. We'll see how it goes. And by the time anyone hears this, they'll know whether it came true or not. But last week I edited the same night after the show. So I was able to post it the next morning. I'm going with a somewhat streamlined audio workflow where I don't listen to the entire episode back as I'm editing it since I haven't really made any significant edits in a while anyways. Mm -hmm. So as long as I mark where the different chapters begin, which more or less like I can, I listen until we start talking about the matches and it's like match, add, add, end, match, you know, 
and then up next. And I can usually backtrack to find up next. So, so yeah, with a streamlined workflow, I should hopefully be able to do that. So we'll, we'll find out if I succeeded or not. <laughs> well, your comment about edits, that's just because we've been very good about not swearing on air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. That's what took all my time in the past was tracking all those down and bleeping. I'm out. telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, man, we, uh, you got to figure out that bleep button. Uh, <laughs> Notice by the way, notice by the way, we've had the last couple of weeks. I mean, what's there? What's there a bit yeah, to right. be profane about? Uh, so, <laughs> I, for some reason, I think the last time I used it was when uh, my friend Mike uh, joined me for that one episode. <laughs> I think because he's not accustomed <laughs> to, to talk to sense to self censorship. Yeah. <laughs> it's always ready. It's always ready whenever appropriate. It's just a, a sound bite that I drop in when mm-hmm. I need to. So. <laughs> oh, do we want to give a teaser for uh, what we're talking about doing for next week? Uh, yeah. So Sheffield's on Monday and, you know, we both have like jobs. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I can tell you flat out, I have, I do have a thing in the middle of the afternoon, so I will not be able to watch the Sheffield match live or likely before we record. So Dove has this fun idea. What are we going to do? So it's something I've been talking about doing. I, I made a list a couple weeks ago as I was uh, editing the show. And I've got, I don't know, it's like maybe, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26. So I've got 27 movies in a list that I made that all have something to do with soccer. <laughs> So we're thinking that next week will be the inaugural episode of Gunnar U Film Studies. And to give you a sense of what movies might be coming up in the future, there's there's ones that we've talked about on the show before, like Fever Pitch, The Damned United, um, I don't know, the Green Street Hooligans, right? There's some movies like that, like generally well-regarded, you know, prestige, fancy, good movies. There is also The Big Green and Airbud World Pup, and Mary-Kate and Ashley in Switching Goals. And she's the man. Um, anything that is in any way related to soccer, and we will not discriminate. Like for the first one, we're going to pick a, a good, serious movie just because it's the inaugural episode. We wanted to take this one very seriously, but there will be some fun ones, some super fun ones, some extra fun ones later on where who knows? It could be Soccer Dog, the movie. <laughs> So we will see how this goes subject to streaming availability and Keith and I both being able to watch it. Um, You know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'll try and mix it up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so thank you for listening to this uh, after show. You'll probably get to hear me tell all of this all over again next week when we actually do it. I'll probably introduce it in a similar fashion, but it's been a (laughs) little bit of a rehearsal. So. More ways than one. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, so the, the thinking is we may talk briefly about Sheffield, maybe post a separate, really short episode about that since Keith will have seen the highlights and it's Sheffield. There probably won't be much to talk about, but there's always a chance that there will be. And we'll, we'll cover that in a short, regular episode and we'll, we'll put out this, uh, this one either later in the week or, if, you know, something like that. Or maybe, maybe we'll hold on to it. We'll, we'll see how much there is to talk about with Sheffield. <laughs> so. All right. Well, uh, have a good one. I'll talk to you later. See you.